This is Alicia, and welcome to the College Life Podcast. I am super passionate about education, personal development, growth, and bringing out the best in every college student. This podcast will help motivate you, empower you, and bring you clarity and confidence in who you are, in your purpose, and help you take action toward a life you love. Don't wait until you graduate to live your best life. Let's start now. Welcome to the College Life Podcast. It's Alicia here, and today I have a really amazing guest, and um, you're going to hear more about Kate Kovac and lookup.live in just a minute here. But before we get started, I just wanted to say welcome back. It's a new semester. It's another year. And I'm so excited about this episode because it's really focusing on mental health and really what you can do about it. And you all know that this podcast is all about helping you find opportunities on your campus and also in the world to make life better, whether for you or for people around you. So I'm really excited about this episode. Make sure that you stay tuned for the entire episode so you can hear about opportunities to get involved and make a difference in this world. And let's get started. Welcome to the College Life Podcast. It's Alicia here. And today I have with me Kate Kovac. And Kate is the program manager at lookup.live. I'm really excited to hear Kate's college journey and then also what she's been working on at lookup.live. So really excited to have you on the podcast today. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. And, you know, I hope I can give some very helpful insight and, you know, maybe kind of bring people in who are interested into the work that we're doing at lookup.live. So happy to be here. Yeah. Awesome. So I think first, just to get started, let's hear a little bit about your college journey. So if you feel comfortable sharing, you can feel free to share the college that you went to, um, or just kind of describe it generally, as well as kind of what were you thinking that you wanted to do? Like, why did you go to college? What was that transition like for you? Yeah. So I wish this was a simple answer to this question. Um, I first, when I went into college, I went to community college for a couple of years. I had no idea what I wanted to do. People would always say like, oh, so what are you going to go and study? And I would have this blank expression of, I have no idea. Um, I spent, I, I would say that I spent way too much time at community college, but I was figuring out myself and my life. And, you know, at the time it wasn't as open and free to talk about it, but I did struggle with anxiety and depression. And so I felt kind of like a shell of myself. I had no clue what I wanted, what I needed. And for a, for a while there, I was like, oh, I'm going to become a vocal performance major and I love theater. So let's do that. I was enrolled in some theater classes. I took voice for like four semesters and kind of was ready to go into the music program. But then I thought like, this is too competitive. I don't want to do this. I'm already intimidated. No, no, no. (laughs) This is not for me. So then I thought, okay, well, let's pursue my culinary passions. Tried to do those classes. Something just did not connect or feel right to me at all. Like, I knew that I loved doing like the cooking and everything, but being in like an industrial kitchen was the worst feeling I've ever experienced. And so I was like, oh, gotta go. So I quickly left that. 
spent some time just kind of figuring things out. And at the time, life had handed me some really difficult obstacles to go through. And it just kind of shut me down because I was so overwhelmed. So I just tried to take classes so that I was constantly enrolled and doing something so that I felt like I was doing something that was growing my mental capacity and giving me that experience that I needed. But I, I had no idea what I wanted to do. But then I found myself in a communication class. And these concepts that I was learning, I was like, oh, this makes so much sense. Of course, this would be how you would talk to someone from a different culture, like this intercultural communication practice. That makes sense. Okay, cool. And the more that I took some of these courses, the more it kind of clicked and honed in on, on you know, my personal life. And I thought, wow, I could benefit from some of these things that I'm learning, where I could practice them as I'm learning them. Then I stopped going to school. Um, I thought I'm never going to finish my, my bachelor, not, not for me because life again, just was really difficult, had a lot of family, um, trauma and things that we had to work through collectively together. And it's, I'm proud to say that we worked past it and came out on the other side, but at the time it felt like that was never going to happen. So I thought, nope, school is not for me. Then I had a friend who was like, Kate, I know that you went through something really traumatic with your family. You also, you know, had a breakup of an eight-year relationship. Now it's time to give back to you. And I was like, oh, I was like thankful, but also somewhat annoyed at my friend. I was like, why are you telling me this now? (laughs) But I am so grateful for him to kind of ignite that fire back within me. And he kind of mentioned and nudged me towards Chapman. And I thought, okay. Yeah, I'm going to invest in myself or reinvest in myself and do this for me because it's it's what I need. And also, I think, unfortunately, we have to run the race that's like society has given us. So I need a a bachelor degree if I want to, you know, have a decent living. So I decided to go to Chapman, very small school, but very connected. Like these classes are about 35 people maximum. Your professor will call on you and say, oh, what's your opinion? And you're seen and you're contributing and you have this community that is so different for me because I was used to being in major lecture halls with just people as numbers. So during my time at Chapman, I stumbled upon um, the Digital Wellness Institute and we had all been online because this was 2020. And my depression was really bad. My anxiety was really bad because my mom's health was not doing well. So I did not want to leave the house because she's immunocompromised. So I was like, nobody's leaving the home. I'm not doing anything. I'm not going to, you know, endanger my mother. So I then found some therapy through Chapman and we figured out that I needed to be on medication so that I could feel like I could actually handle the world. Um, And at this time, the Digital Wellness Institute also gave me language to describe the things that I was feeling while I was being connected, but really not connected with anything. It was so superficial. So all all of that to say, my coursework brought me to communication. It was something I could practice. It was a way that I knew that I could connect with other people and then also use this as a like liberal arts degree, kind of. It's the new degree that I think that you can take and apply it to anything because no matter where you are, you have to be able to communicate. And if you want to do your do a good job, you have to communicate well. And so this taught me how to communicate 
what to do, what is what does my audience need from me in order to understand me, and then we can move forward and really connect. I'm a big connector. I don't know if that's kind of, you know, shown itself to be a theme for me, but um, that's where I landed. And I I did feel like I had so much support from my my Chapman family there. And even though we did spend some time online for our coursework, coming back felt like home. And it was really enriching for me because I found an internship that was so meaningful and gave me more of my passion back while I also got back some of my personal self because I decided to go on medication and I decided to do this therapy that really invested back into myself. And it was the first time in a very, very long time that I felt like myself to its fullest capacity with joy. And to say that for someone who had been struggling with anxiety and depression was so wild to me, but I'm so grateful for it. Mm. Um, So that's a little bit about what my journey was like in a nutshell. I saved a lot of like the deeper traumatic things. (laughs) Maybe that could be another uh, (laughs) episode, but yeah, it's, you know, just this idea of continuing to do what you, what you're, what you need to do, just small baby steps and you'll get there. Even though others might be taking leaps and bounds forward, if you just consistently do little by little every day, you'll get to where you need to be. Yeah, I love that. And uh, there's so much here. And I definitely want to like hop back into the internship and go there, but because you just let up whenever you were talking about it. And so I want to hear more, but I want to go back to a couple things that you shared and just kind of zoom in on this because you talk about like, you had no idea what you wanted to do. And then you also, when you were kind of feeling this like anxiety and depression, you were like, I didn't know what I needed or wanted, you know? And I think so many students resonate with this, but, but like on the outside, it looks like everybody has it together everybody's good. People are happy. They're healthy. They are not anxious. They are not depressed and they definitely know what they want to do. Like, that's what we all see, you know, (laughs) but like what, but like what we feel inside is I don't know what I'm really doing. I don't know what I want to do. I may be anxious. I may be feeling depressed. Right. Um, or something else that feels outside of the scope of normal, whatever that Mm -hmm. means. Right. And, um, I think I just love that you just kind of articulated that so well, because I think so many students feel that, but they can't say it out loud because it doesn't feel socially acceptable because it feels like everybody else is not doing the same thing. And so thank you for sharing that. And that's so like, seriously, the purpose of this podcast is to hear these stories because I want students to not feel like, they're the only ones going through this because it's so not true. And even in my work as a coach, I would work one-on-one with students and they would share these things with me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, somebody just said the same thing. The person before you just said the same thing. And I am like, but y'all are not talking about it with each other. And so I'm so excited that you're sharing your story. Um, so thank you. And thank you for sharing, you know, kind of you, your, your winding path, right. It, it wasn't the traditional, which again is, is so outdated, right. <laughs> no normal. There's no traditional college right. journey anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and like you, you know, I was initially thinking, I'm so proud of you for taking time off, but like, it wasn't that you did it intentionally. Cause you said school's not for me. And that makes me so angry because you could have just, you know, been like, you know, I need to take a break. I'm going to take a step back. Right. But it was like, no, that's just, it's just too much. Right. It's not for me. And that should never, you know, no student should ever feel that way. Like it's totally okay to take a break, to take time off. 
and you can come back <laughs> like, yes. or you can go to another college in a couple years, in a few months, in right. 10 years. It really does not matter <laughs> if yeah. that's, you know, your path. And, you know, sometimes life just shows up. Um, and so thank you. And, uh, you know, you didn't have to go into like the whole, you know, <laughs> the trauma that you've experienced, but I appreciate that you just shared that you did experience trauma and like you had some family things come up and that is life, unfortunately. Yes. Right. right. And, and we just have to be responsive and be okay with that. Yeah. Right. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So good. 100%. Um, so I wanted to dive into something before we go into your internship of this feeling that you shared of, you said, I felt connected, but I wasn't connected. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and you kind of did put your hand up to the screen, but people could not see that. On right, the podcast. Right, yeah. So what do you mean by that <laughs> feeling? You know, you're like, I'm connected, but I don't feel connected. Can you share a little bit about what that felt like for you? Yeah. Um, so this is very particular to my time at Chapman. Um, we were, it was March, 2020, as we all probably have this like very strong memory of. Um, and we went, into the zoom format for schooling instead of saying like, Oh, let's figure this out first. It was like, no, we're going to keep doing what we're doing. We're here to be like these collegiate, like, you know, people, and we're going to persevere, which is great. Perseverance is great. Um, but again, I think we weren't really well equipped for what we were going to go through at that time. So I felt like, yes, I was going to my zoom classes and there were these people around. And so I was connected, like, yeah, I see these people. Great. But we didn't really have time to connect and have a conversation and say, Hey, let's check in. How are you feeling? Or, do you love this? Do you hate this? Like, because some of the introverts in the room were like, this is amazing. But as an extrovert, I was like, I, what, what, what's happening? <laughs> like, wait, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? I can't really feel your energy because now we're on zoom and like, I know we're all tired, so you don't have this like flow of energy that I could pull out of because we're all tired, which Zoom fatigue is a thing. That's a term that I learned. And I just, you know, I felt like I had the screen in front of my face, but it wasn't going any further than my hand. Like it wasn't reaching into my heart. Mm. That also helped me like kind of, it didn't help me, but it made me feel more isolated, even though I had means to connect and talk and reach out to other people. I had no idea like that it was actually hindering me without, you know, knowing it. So I would get on my phone thinking like, oh, this is going to help. This is going to totally help me, but it it didn't really. Um, And though, and, and this was at my darkest point in time, it felt like. Um, So yeah, I just, you know, being connected, but disconnected. That was something that I had felt and I had known, but I didn't have the language to put it into like a very concise, like message for me to tell you today. This is what I was feeling disconnected, but connected, you know? So I shortly found myself, uh, at, at the digital wellness Institute. And we talked a lot about this concept of, you know, we have these devices to connect us, but we're not really getting to the heart of people and what we're going through and everything. And also like when we're consuming social media, we see like all of these perfect posts and like, I've seen people who are going through really tough times 
pause, curate this image, take a photo of it and say, oh, everything's good. And I'm like, oh, but we just had a conversation. I'm like, you're not good. Why aren't we posting that? Because people don't want to see that. So it's just like, it's this constant, ever evolving thing that, especially in 2020 for me, I just thought I, you know, I need this phone to help me connect, but I'm not getting the depth to which I need it. Then I quickly was like, ah, therapy, let's figure this out. So I went and I did that, but yeah, it definitely exacerbated my, my, my moods, my thoughts, my isolation. It was, it, it was harmful for me. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. And I think that like definitely gets at the heart of what I've, I've been hearing and seeing with other um, students and just humans who feel like they are connected, but they're not really connected. And it's just this weird space um, for sure. So I want to talk a little bit about this internship. So one thing that I always try to harp on my podcast is like, go get internship, go get experiences, because it really does help you learn more, figure out, you know, what do I like? What am I good at? It just helps you build skill sets and, um, yeah, it just really helps you build skills and experience. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about how did you find your internship and then tell us a little bit about it and and why it was like, it lit you up when you were just talking about it and you were like, oh, it's so good. So yeah, yeah. tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. So I would say before I was searching for my internship, I did take a class um, in my leadership studies portion of my degree that we had to go through strengths finders. And I had done it like a few years prior. So I was already well-versed, but there was no like internal, like consumption of this concepts of these concepts and then the practice of it. So in my coursework, we revisited strengths finders and I knew what they were, but then I spent some intentional time looking at them and thinking like, well, what does this look like in my everyday life and how does it show up? So that kind of this whole, how do I say this? This intentional part of me in my coursework helped me to look for an internship that was closely aligned with my strengths and Mm. with my values. Got it. Now, this was me being like super mega intentional. And I know not all of us are like this, especially when we don't really know ourselves that well. But I would say that this, this book really helps you hone in on your natural strengths. And then how do you, like, how do you take those natural strengths and then make them like flourish even more so that you can find your success in life? That's what I tried to do. I tried to hack that system a little bit. And so I found that when I looked at things that were available for my internships, I knew like, I do not want to do data processing. That is not me. I'm a big connector, a big relator. All of my strengths are very relational. (laughs) And then I have this, you know, this one outlier that's a little bit different, but I help, I use that and I honed that into finding my internship. And it just so happened that one of my favorite professors um, was connected to this institute, which was the Digital Wellness Institute, and they needed a TA. And I thought, hmm, I kind of like want to be a coach maybe or teach others or connect with others. I thought about becoming a therapist. I'm still kind of toying with the idea of becoming an MFT, but it was one of these things where I was like, oh, this feels like it would give me the practice, but it would also help me learn and then like sharpen myself. So I applied and I, you know, took a look and, and was like, okay, I'll, I'll communicate a lot. 
everything is interconnected for me. So I'll do that because, you know, we're connecting with other people, um, harmony, empathy, we're all struggling. And this is giving us language for the things that we're going through. Sign me up. And so I did the, the interview with them and I landed the internship and, um, I just, yeah, I was like, okay, we're going to take this chance and see what happens. But I was very like diligent on, does this align with my values and who I am? Because had I taken another internship that was like numbers forward and something else, I knew I would have learned those skills and that would have been great, but it wouldn't have given me the tools I needed for myself so that I can move forward in the way that I knew I had these strengths that already existed. So I wanted to be very consistent and and intentional with that. Yeah, that's really a great point because I think sometimes we either go heavily towards our strengths and weaknesses only. And I mm-hmm. think there's a time and a place for mm-hmm. both. And sometimes we really do need to hone in our strengths. And especially when you're trying to figure it out, you're trying to practice, you're really trying to learn, like, are these my strengths? How does this work? What are my skills in these strengths? So I think that's a really great like point and thought process. Like you're like well ahead of like most people and thinking, you know, intentionally again about that. And I think, again, that's part of this podcast too, is like intentionality of mm-hmm. do it with intention, you know, don't just go through the motions and, and kind of graduate. It's kind of, you know, it's, it's not, you're not going to get your money's worth, but if you're intentional right. about it, right. Like hone in on those skill sets that you really need to grow in your strengths you can always learn the data later if you want, if you're interested, if you need, right? And you have the confidence where you're like, if I want to, if I need to, I'll go do it. And it's not the, it wasn't the right time for you in that space at that time. And right. I, you know, that's actually similar to my own college experience. I was very unintentional. I would say I had no clue that that was, I don't know, even a thing that like a possibility of like what could be possible in your college uh, journey. But yeah, it's just to think about, like, I got interested in data and research, mm-hmm. like post my master's degree, <laughs> like, yeah, right. you know, three, three to five years, I started, you know, had, having a lot of questions about data and it wasn't a strength of mine at the time. So I had to like dive in and learn more and ask a lot of questions and take projects on that weren't comfortable for me. But again, right. it was like the timing was, was better because I had some of these other strengths that I really felt strong in. And then mm-hmm. I wanted to build on to my like skill set and my strengths. Right. So, so I, yeah. I love that you said that that's a really great way that you articulated that. Um, so how did you, uh, so you graduated and then how, how did you get connected with lookup.live? So I, I finished my internship with DWI and I became a certified digital wellness educator. And then I took a class that was very closely related to what I had just finished with my internship. And I felt like the biggest nerd in the room because (laughs) some of the concepts that we went over, I had already had a grasp of and a knowledge of because of my certification. So I just remember feeling like, oh, I speak this language. Okay, let's see what happens. Now within that class, we um, we were introduced to this challenge of hypothetically speaking, if you were able to fix something about social media technology or anything digital, what would you do? And what would you do if you had X amount of money? Now this was presented by Susan, who is the founder of Lookup.Live. So we did this coursework with Susan and her program, 
And my group, like, we were like, oh, well, let's get information from students about their screen time and then ask them about their moods and then ask them what they're doing and do all of these things. But we did it in like a quirky way where we had like the little microphone and we'd go to the like our students and say like, hey, whip out your phone. Uh, what? How many hours have you spent on Instagram? And how many hours have you spent altogether on your phone? What are you doing? Do you feel fulfilled? What, you know, what are you doing in your, in your present life? How are you feeling present? So we kind of captured some of these stories and put them on an Instagram and, you know, we tried to create this like movement and this awareness of, you know, how your relational like satisfaction, how does that relate to the actual time that you're spending on your phone? Mm -hmm. So we, we spent some time on this. We ended the project Susan then reached out to me and said, hey, do you want to continue this project? Like, are you interested in doing this? Because I think she wanted me to apply to her challenge. And I said, Susan, I am a senior. I would, it's a great idea, but I I need a job. (laughs) Like I'm going to graduate. I need to spend some like time focusing on my next career moves. And she was like, okay, well, you know, I see that you're certified as a digital wellness educator and it seems like you're really honed in on these issues. You have personal experience that you bring to it. Maybe let's get you an internship. And I said, okay. And it was a paid internship. So I was like, even better. Um, so I spent some time there as a paid intern with her after my class had ended. And then I just, you know, spent some time, kept doing what I was doing and I earned a smaller title after, so I I grew out of the internship. They took me on as a staff member, and then I just kind of have consistently jumped the ranks a little bit, and so now I'm their program manager. Um, So, and I think for me, it's really that passion piece and the connection to the work that you're doing that allowed me to be able to move forward so quickly. Mm, Yeah. I want to definitely dive into lookup.live a little bit more, just kind of what do you all do and what are you working on right now and how can students get involved? But before we do that, I just want to highlight what, like you asked for what you needed, you know, and, and Mm. so opportunities will come to you, right? People will see if you share your story, if you do good work, you have good work ethic, right? She probably saw that in you and was like, Ooh, you have good ideas. We want you to apply for this challenge. That's awesome. And there will be times, you know, as a college student where opportunities will present themselves to you and you've got to take the step to say yes, even if it's not the perfect fit. Right. And there are some times when you actually have to say for what you need and say, mm-hmm. I'm not interested in that. What I'm looking for is this. I'm looking right. for a full-time job. And so I just love that you asked for it. And you just said, and not, not even like from her, right. He was just like, this is what I'm looking for. Right. <laughs> and, and, and no expectation. It's just being very clear, uh, like about a boundary, you know, kind of saying mm-hmm. this is, this is where I'm headed. So I just love that you said that. And again, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't like they were like, oh, here's the full-time job with benefits oh, and all no, this no. stuff. Right. <laughs> right. It's not, it's not like necessarily, mm-hmm. you know, everything is aligned and perfect all the time, but it was like, oh, actually this might be a good next step for me. And so I think um, that that's just really cool to to say that. Yeah. Have you always been that confident to just say that, or no. were you just kind of like, I'm sorry, I just need a job? Like, <laughs> yeah, well, let's, we'll give you. A I would. Like, I mean, for you know, for everyone who's listening, I would love to say that, like, oh, I've always been this confident. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. That was just a weird, okay. off chance conversation, and 
um, I do think that there is a lot of power while you may think that it's not going to give you a good payoff. There's a lot of power in informational interviews because that's all that was with Susan. That's all it was, was an informational interview. I was, you know, she said, well, tell me more about you. And I said, great, tell me more about you. What do you do? And in my coursework, I had a professor, um, Michael Ross, he, he stressed to us, do an informational interview, no matter what, because if your name pops up later, great. And if you do an informational interview, you'll find out that, oh my goodness, this job is all focused on this one area. That's actually not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for something else. And then you say, thank you so much for explaining your job to me. Like this was so enlightening. Thank you for the time. Maybe you send them like a $5 gift card for coffee as a thank you and you move on. And it's, you don't feel this like big investment. Like it's like an actual interview where you're looking to get a job. You don't treat your informational interviews like that. You just treat them like a form of connecting. And that's all it was with Susan. So it was really comfortable for me to say like, listen, Susan, I'd love to, it's just that my focus right now is in this area and I'm trying to figure that out. So it didn't come across so like forward and bold right. of like, this is what I need. Yeah, yeah, It was just like this really personal conversation of like, this is just where I'm at right now and right. what I'm looking for. And it's that human side that I think really can get you to where you need to go. Yeah, I know. I love that. Thank you for kind of, yeah, explaining that a little bit more because I, you're right. Like in in our, whenever we first started talking, it did sound like, oh, it's just confident. And you're like, I actually need a job. So, you know, and, and so it's, if there's more nuance to it and I think informational interviews are so, so good. I probably should do an entire episode, honestly, just on how to hold one, what, you know, the purpose of it. And, and I have some stories. One actually is around a marriage and family therapy, which is what you kind oh, of said they're exploring. Yeah. Cause, because that was something that I was interested in as well at one point in time. Um, so yeah, anyway, so valuable, I think, uh, is doing informational interviews. And then two, I think, you know, some of us, like we can't work for free. (laughs) Like I can't, sorry. You know, that's not even on my radar, honestly, (laughs) you know? Um, and it never was an undergrad. I was like, no, I need a job, like a J O B let's go. Mm -hmm. And so, (laughs) so I think that's also really you know, just the reality sometimes too, where we can't take opportunities, like every single opportunity necessarily. Sometimes we have to hustle. Sometimes we have to do things for free. Sure. And oftentimes we don't have that capacity too. So it's like very dependent on that person and situation and opportunity. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, And even when you do land the internship, whether it's paid or unpaid, you kind of have to prove yourself a little bit. And say like, no, I am capable. And you can't skip that step ever, like Mm -hmm. ever. And I think I realized that pretty quickly that, you know, you have to show what you're capable of and, you know, make sure that you're presenting that for like very forward (laughs) Um, and then you will move forward. So for sure. Patience, though, is hard sometimes. Yes, it is. Yes, Um, it is. Well, let's talk about lookup.live. Tell us a little Mm -hmm. bit more about the organization. Yeah. What are maybe like, what's something that y'all are working on right now? Yeah. So we are a nonprofit organization that furthers the impact of youth led solutions that improve the digital world, especially with a focus on mental health. So what we do essentially our main programming that I think we're quite proud of is we will give out grants 
two young leaders and students who are saying, uh, hey, there's a pain point here. I don't like this and I have an idea to fix it. And we say, oh, okay. Well, show us what your framework is, what your expectations are. And if you can make a compelling argument for why we need this, we'll give you that money so that you can make this a reality. So we've done that since 2019. That's when we were founded. And yeah, we have found student leaders and change makers and advocates and, you know, storytellers who say, I grew up with online, like in my face 24 seven, it's hurting me. And here's what I want to do about it. And we say, okay, yeah, because I think oftentimes in this space, you hear something different where you have an older person saying, get off your phone. That's not productive. Why you like this? Like this, obviously this isn't working for you. And as soon as you go on the offense, you know, the defensive goes up. And so the person you're talking to is like, oh my gosh, you're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. Don't tell me what to do, which that's how I would feel. Like, don't tell me what to do. I'll figure it out. So we kind of flip the script and say, we know you're hurting and we know you have ideas. What do you want us to do about it? Okay, great. Here's the platform to do it. So I think that's what attracted me so much to the organization is because it's youth-led solutions. Because, you know, for me, I kind of grew up as social media kind of very vaguely got introduced. Um, So timeline Facebook came out when I was in college and it was really cool at the time, but it was not on my phone yet. It was you know, I'm dating myself quite a bit, but you know, whatever real talk here. Um, but I just feel like, you know, for me, I I just recognized, um, and I've been through, you know, definitely peaks and valleys with social media where it really negatively impacted me. It positively connected me with other, with, you know, people. Um, and now I'm kind of just disconnected from mostly social media. I go on it every now and then sometimes I'll go on LinkedIn and that's kind of like my social media space that I really enjoy because yeah. I, I think it actually does give to me more than it takes from me. <laughs> and right. what I noticed from some of these other platforms is it just didn't really give much to me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, but that's kind of my own personal journey. I've seen people in, in the same age bracket as me who really struggle with social media, who don't use it at all. You know, I kind of just dabble, um, but I don't understand what this generation is going through. You know, right. I have a very basic understanding, but I can never fully understand because, you know, students, especially like in this college space have like, you've kind of, we talked about this earlier before, before we started recording, I think, but where, you know, they kind of just have grown up in this space and yeah, it's all they know, really challenging to think other, other way in, about other mm-hmm. ways or like, you know, they kind of do have to work with it, not against it. And, and so for me to, like you said, for me to say, just get off your phone, just get off social media. It feels very jarring and confusing. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you say that? How could you say that? That makes no sense. And I totally get it, you know, also. Right. So I, I try not to like, say, you know, get off your phones. Don't do that. Like just, it's really this like, well, a digital wellness, it's being educated around this topic. It's going internal and like your own self-awareness to figure out what do I really enjoy? Who do I like to follow? How much am I spending on it? What's okay for me? You know, um, just, you know, all of those, um, different aspects. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I would even add, why are you reaching for your phone right now? 
what are you trying to soothe or pacify in this moment? And why are you consuming? And then what are you consuming? Because, and I think what we also try to emphasize at at LookUp is we're not anti-social media, anti-tech. No, no, no. You can absolutely have a flourishing relationship with your technology so that you are like set for success and you are owning it the way you need to own it. Mm -hmm. We're not anti anything like that, where it's like none whatsoever. We do have community members who say, I am not on social media. It is not for me. And we're like, amazing. That's great. But for others, it's like, I actually need to be on social media because that's where I get my information. And then I report on something that's helpful and it keeps me connected. Like there are so many different ways and nuances. So it's really depends upon the person and their unique experience with it and what they want to feel from it. Love it. Love it. And I think, yeah, it's like figuring out how does it impact me? Right. Yes. How does my social media, because my social media looks different than your social media and looks yes. different from all of our, my listeners and it, it impacts us all differently as well. And so there's so many different variables here. You're right. That we have to kind of consider and, and that each person has to consider for themselves. Um, so mm-hmm. I just, I love what you all are doing and I love that you even got this, you know, I think, I don't think I've heard of this before, but the certified, um, digital health educator, is that right? Digital wellness educator. Yes. Digital digital wellness. Okay. Yeah. Just, I love that you have had that opportunity to get that certificate and to have that unique, um, kind of background to, to share, you know, more about, about your expertise in this area. So it's really cool. Um, so tell us a little bit about how students can get involved in this innovation challenge. If they have, they're like, Oh, I, you know, I might have an idea or a solution and how can students get connected to that? Yeah, absolutely. So our um, applications are open at the moment. Just type in lookup.live and you'll find our webpage and you can see a little bit more about us, our mission and our values and practices. And then we have a page that is specifically dedicated to our most recent cohort of 2023. Those individuals, what they did with their projects and where they're at now. So you can take a look at that. And then in the same little section, you can click the application button and it'll take you directly to our Google form where you'll tell us a little bit about yourself, what your idea is, what you want to do. And you'll notice that you, there is an opportunity to earn up to $2,500 to further your idea. So whether it's something that you've already founded and you just need some more help to bring it to fruition, you can do that. Or if it's a brand new idea where you want to start from scratch, you can do that as well too. And it doesn't, it can be literally anything as long as it touches on mental health in the digital space. So we've had legislative advocates who are kind of, um, they are pushing for COSA, which is the Kids Online Safety Act to protect children online. Because as some of us might know, we, people who utilize social media, we're called users. And a user is also equated to someone who is addicted, like a user. So sometimes that gets expanded on so that we are consistently being users. This is happening to our children. There's something weird there. So we have advocates legislatively for this. We also have mental health advocates, like someone like Maddie Freeman with No So November. We are um, a fiscal sponsor for her. She is looking to become a nonprofit herself 
And this was born out of a lot of pain and a lot of anguish and things that people should have never gone through, but they did. So she's doing something about it and and bringing light to this. So she holds this whole thing of no social media in November so that you can connect in real life to those around you and to yourself in a very intentional way. So that's another option. We have storytellers who do documentaries and podcasts to break the stigma and to talk about climate mental health, which was new to me. I hadn't heard of that before, but we had a group who was very devoted to climate mental health and why our younger generations don't really want to have kids and why they want to protect the earth more because it gives them anxiety to live in the world as it is right now. So it really, it ranges from a lot of things. We even had someone who was like, you know, in the spiritual world, we don't have a lot of mental health support and resources. And your spirituality is just as important as your mental health and your physical health. So let's bridge that gap. And for me, I was so excited to see that because it was this idea of all of these religions and spiritual practices coming together, finding the core unity, and then having that community at the center, which excited me so much and excited our team. That's where we're like, yeah, let's give you the grant. We want to see what you want to do with this. So it can be something very big like that. We've even had someone who talks about eating disorders and how that gets worsened and exacerbated by social media and how girls are struggling so much with that and again it's not a conversation we hear a lot uh, so that's there and then that is also working on like bringing those resources to schools in a more resourceful way so that you actually have something that's tangible for those who are needing that kind of support for eating disorders we also had a group for stories of consent so that people could say like this is consent and this isn't. And then having the safe space to share what that means so that, you know, we have these safe practices. So they all kind of vary these ideas, but we're so open to just saying, hey, if this addresses mental health in the digital space, we want to hear about it and we want to support you. Oh, so, so cool. I love that. And it's such a great opportunity, I think, for students to gain some experience, right? To put together yes. a proposal, to talk, to really think through you know, I want to make some change in the world. And I think so like, that's really the target audience of this is these are college students who want to, they want to do something, you know, yes. they want, they want and believe that things can be better. We don't always know how to go about doing that. And I think that's part of the podcast is to help build your confidence up that you can do mm -hmm. it and give you like tools and opportunities to help you get there. Right. right. And this does the, exactly that it's, yeah. it's, it gives you number one, it gives you the experience to apply for, to, you know, to something, an innovation challenge. And I'm actually going to offer, if there's any of my listeners who want to apply, I'm happy to look over a draft of your, uh, of your proposal, Ooh. give you some feedback and help support you, or even maybe talk through it, depending on timing, um, of, of when you, you know, send and share this, but so for me, you know, I think I want to support you in that to do that. Um, but it, it's, it's just like, the, again, the experience, the skill set, and the confidence, like, you know, you don't have to necessarily build a billion dollar company to have an impact, you right. know, you, and all of those companies that have gotten that far started here, yes. they started not sure they started with like this idea, maybe this vision, this loose idea, and then it molds and changes over time. And so, you know, I think if you have that, if you have that itch, 
just apply, right? Just go through the process. You're going to learn so much about yourself, your idea, your, you know, just putting something together like this will be such a great experience for you. And you may also get money to help fund your idea, right? (laughs) And and make some positive change in your community. Um, And you just don't know again, where that, where that can lead or what opportunities can come about from that. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so I would even, I would even also say that for our applicants who do get invited in and are with our cohort for about five months, um, you also get to connect with people who are working on similar issues with you. And so you have these conversations where you're like, oh, wait, you struggle with this too. I do. And you have this like natural friendship and you know that the people that you're with are committed to the same thing. So you don't feel as lonely as you're tackling an idea that might be brand new, or it could be something you've been working on for a while. You have a community of support and you also gain a mentor in our program. So you have someone who has all this life experience. You could say, oh, good idea, bad idea. Let's try this instead. And you get these opportunities to connect with people within our network who you can utilize as much or as little as you need while you're working on this programming for your idea. So it's, there's so many different things there. You learn leadership skills, you get a mentor, you get community connection, and you just, you get this extra life experience. And this looks really good on your resumes and Mm -hmm. applications for college and even for yourself. (laughs) So mm-hmm. yes, 100%. I love it so much. Um, Is there anything else that you have words of wisdom for students listening about lookup.live or just about your own personal journey, words of wisdom that maybe would help them um, wherever they're at? Um, Well, I would say for for anyone who might be interested in applying to earn this money, reach out. If you feel, you know, like a certain way and you have a certain idea and you're not sure about it, reach out to me. Um, You can find my information on the website. My email address is kait at lookup.live. I'm sure that will be in the show notes below if you need it. And um, reach out, say, you know, connect with me and just, you know, make your presence known. And we'd love to add you to the community. Even if you don't really have an idea, we still want you involved and connected. Um, And I am someone who is so eager to connect if you haven't gathered by now. Um, So just reach out and, you know, our staff is excited just to hear from you and, and see what kind of areas of support might be needed from you and maybe something that should be on our radar. So the more that you kind of mm-hmm. communicate with us, the more we want to connect with you and the more we want to help you. So utilize that. I think a lot of people are nervous to reach out and nervous to say, I'm not sure, but can you help me? Or maybe I don't want to apply, but can I still talk to you? Like we can do that too. So okay absolutely do that. Um, And this cohort, just so that we're a little bit more clear too, you'll apply this year. The applications for the deadline will be November 28th, 11.59 p.m. PST. Hmm. And this will then start January, 2024. So you have some time to like put some pieces together if you apply and kind of rework and then we can start then as well too. So really helpful to know. Um, as far as for those of you who are currently in their undergraduates and you're like, what am I doing? Mm. You're not alone, <laughs> not alone at all, even though it might feel like everyone has these very 
curated step one, step 10 plans, I'm going to bet that they've had to deviate from those plans at least twice. Your journey, while we could really love something linear, it's not linear and that's okay. And that's something that was taught to me while I was in my undergrad at Chapman. We have this idea and this social pressure to find something very linear and next step, next step, next step. Mm -hmm. But we don't ever allow us the grace of pivoting and making these changes and doing what we need in the season of life that we're in. But in my coursework, it was always stressed to me. Like I did not end up in this larger title because I followed X, Y, and Z. Not at all. It's very linear, very, you know, you have to just kind of ebb and flow with life. And I feel like not a lot of people are open to discussing that and publicly share that because it's okay if you have to take a step back or if you pivot into some other world and then you come back and say, oh, I learned what I learned there and I'm going to bring it to this next part. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad I did that before I jumped headfirst without that experience. So like remove that pressure, remove that pressure to think that you have to finish out in this very particular way as the world has told us to do it. It's you, it's yours, make it what you want and be intentional with it. Hmm. So, so good. I'm going to leave it there and I will make sure that all of the stuff that you've shared is in the show notes so folks can connect with you and look up .live and also apply yeah. for that challenge. So thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was such a great conversation. I hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And I really did mean what I said about helping you out. So if you actually do apply to look up live in this grant, I want to help support you. All you have to do is first off, let me know that you're even considering it. And you can email me at the college life coach at gmail.com. Let me know that you're interested and give me a timeline of when you think you might give me a draft. And I would love to look at it. I'll give you feedback, not only on just the grammar and the organization, but also the actual content and your idea. And, you know, I, I would just love to support you in that. However, I can help in this way. I want to help and hopefully it will make you more competitive as well for the grant. So if you are interested, don't hesitate to reach out to me again. That's the college life coach at gmail.com. That will also be in the show notes. Thank you all so much for listening to the college life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, you know, the deal, share it with somebody that you think might like it as well. That's the best way to get this episode and this podcast out into the world. And thank you so much for listening. I'll catch you in the next episode. Have an excellent week.